Thank you for calling Mainframe Technical Support. Uh, my name is Lewis. How can I help you? Oh, hey, Lewis. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I've got a virus on my computer. I, I was hoping you could maybe talk me through how to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Yep, sure thing. Uh, I'm just going to access your computer remotely. Can I just take control there? Uh, right. Yeah, here you There you go. All right, thank you. Oh, you're still using Microsoft Bob. All right. Um, well, yeah, he's, he's, he's been guarding my systems pretty good. So it looks like you got a couple viruses. Oh, uh, yeah, thought so. They're dormant now. The uh, the British one looks like he's plotting something, though, so I'm going to keep an eye on him. Oh, but he's got such a cool voice. I, I know, I know. That's how they get yeah, you. Yeah. You click on this, it's got a cool voice. That's that's all part of their phishing scam. <sighs> yeah, that makes sense. You haven't uh, you haven't backed up your files in a while now. I can see your dot matrix is backed up with orders. Y- yeah, I guess I guess that's true. I, I tend not to. You know, I, I tend not to back up my files too regularly. I something always something always goes wrong, and like I've got a, a lot of game files saved that I would rather keep. You know. Just, oh, ga- you you play games? Oh yeah, I play a lot of games. Is that? Oh, I mean, that's okay. Uh, do, right? do you win them? Yeah, most of them. I, I'm pretty good at them. Okay, you, you know that when you win a game, it takes a chunk out of this computer, right? A chunk out of oh. the computer? What do you mean? Oh, look at this. Your AI is just drowning under that workload. The AI oh, because I lost s- game or because I won games. Yeah. Oh, l- look at your ones and zeros. They have anxiety. No, not my ones and zeros. Yeah. Listen. Uh. Yeah. I think I can help, but uh, I think we're gonna have to reboot. Oh, sorry. I, I I just turned into a fireman. I got I gotta go. I come from the net, through systems, peoples, and cities, to this place, mainframe. My format, Guardian. To mend and defend. To defend my newfound friends, their hopes and dreams. To defend them from their enemies. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Starting off the year strong. Yeah, what what accent is that? Which state precisely? Because it's certainly not all of the South. (laughs) <laughs> but it certainly is some of it. Uh, that is this Canadian show's version of a southern accent. Oh yeah, with Mouse, right? <laughs> yeah, Mouse she showed up. Hair. <laughs> she sure existed. Yeah, she's got a, a hair like a like a like a fish tank, doesn't she? <laughs> In what way? She got one of them fish tank hairs. <laughs> I just shouldn't question. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like my answer is pretty good. Um, so we should probably uh, get into this quick, considering we both have had to reboot. Uh, before recording this show. Not even an exaggeration. That <laughs> happened. And it's not clear whether or not Megabyte was behind it, but he was. Damn you. Darn you. The censors will kill you for that. <laughs> Maim you. Maim you? Is Maim's probably not better than kill, is it? <laughs> Maybe eviscerate. Do you want to introduce us? Kids don't know that. Uh, <laughs> I, this this show got pretty hardcore. They gouged out that one kid's eye. I, I actually just finished watching that episode. I was like, oh man, it's not bad. And Enzo, you're like six. <laughs> you just went underwent the equivalent of torture. No, but then he goes pretty into rad. Jumanji and turns into a badass. What year is it? <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> uh, welcome to the Carton Cast. My name is Ben. My name is Zane, and this is the show where we review old cartoons and see what we think of them as adults. Yes, they say the Carton cast lives outside the net and watches shows for pleasure. No one knows for sure, but we intend to find out. I intend to never look at this again.
That is my intention. Yeah, so you had a bit of a different approach to this one, didn't you? Yeah, so uh, we're wa- we watched Reboot. Zane, I, l- I liked it. <laughs> I, 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 my feelings on it are very complex. <laughs> uh, but tell us about the production. Sure. So um, Reboot ran from 1994 to 2001. It is a Canadian show. Primarily produced by Mainframe Entertainment, which is now uh, Rainmaker, Rainmaker Entertainment. Yeah, those are both pretty great names. It ran in Canada on YTV and in the U.S. on ABC and then later on Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network. Yeah, and, and this was uh, fairly popular. Uh, it went through four seasons where it kind of progressed as a series to become more heavily plot-focused as opposed to the episodic roots it started out as. Uh, capped off with, I think, a movie at the end. Yes, yeah, so um, the fourth season is made up of two movies, uh, Demon Rising and My Two Bobs. <laughs> where, yep, well, you know. <laughs> so I suppose so. <laughs> uh, and they actually even ended that on a cliffhanger in hopes that the show would continue, which uh, it actually is going to. <laughs> yeah, tell me, about, uh, tell me about what's going to happen with that, because I, so, I didn't read the full thing. Well, there were a couple of spinoffs that never quite made it, as well as, as, well know, as a video game. A video game, a webcomic based on fan feedback. Um, but now there's an upcoming new series called Reboot The Guardian Code, which is going to be a mix of live action and CGI with a Power Rangers feel. Man, I... Ugh. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know, man. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I don't know. They, they impressed me with how well they did this this uh, this animation style. Yeah, well, we'll we'll get into it. But you have to remember, this is 1994 when it came out in Canada. Yeah, people didn't even know there were three dimensions back then. I'd, you're gonna need to cite your sources on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. But for reference, other shows. So to say, this is the first fully CGI half hour cartoon show. And it fucking looks like it. But here's the thing. In 1994, this was incredible. Yeah. Other shows that came out that year, The Magic School Bus, Mega Man, The Tick. Everything was very, very comic book or comic book or even limited animation in certain cases. This this was like extremely ambitious. Yes. I mean, and, and the people who came up with it actually had the idea all the way back in the 1980s and just... The tech wasn't there. Yeah, and, and in order to do this, um, you would have to create... It was deliberately chosen to do uh, inside of a computer system for this animation style because it would look like it could be inside of a computer system because how blocky everything started <laughs> out as. Yes. It's like, yeah, okay, maybe they're due for an update, but, you know, this could be... This could just be how it looks. Yeah, and you mentioned that this, you know, came out in Canada. It actually was well-loved and won a few Gemini Awards, uh, which is their version of the Emmys. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, you know, it didn't come out in the U.S. for a few years, by which point technology had improved and this was less impressive. So I think maybe that's one reason why it was much bigger over there. Yeah, that that could be that could be so. Although I do, I did talk to Ulysses and he says he has very fond memories of this, specifically because it looked so novel and innovative <laughs> at the time. Yeah, just... Just that jump to 3D, even though a lot of the action itself is pretty, like, who thought that looked good? Mm-hmm. The backgrounds and just the atmosphere of the place is is cohesive in a way that showed that a lot of work beyond just computer magic went into this. Yeah, they, they uh, so they started out uh, kind of trying to make it a regular show. 
like a like a normal show that had like a protagonist that would fight sometimes and like reaction shots of people. And then by the third season, I think they found their footing and kind of recognized we should never do a close up on anyone's face <laughs> because it looks monstrous. Um, and we should we we. We we can give the animation a bump because we want it to actually look good. <laughs> I think we're going to need to spend a whole category on Bob's hair. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, Bob's hair is a problem, but not as much as his, the rest of his face. <laughs> I like his face. I, I'm, I'm not huge into it. It's When anyone emotes, whenever anyone reacts with an emotion, it looks pretty bad, um, which is why things... But which is why it started to change. Like, I think that the animation style was actually fine. And it was just, it was new ground and no one kind of knew how to, how to kind of tame this wild blue yonder. Yeah. And so it, it took them a while to figure out how to make the most of what they had and eschew a lot of what didn't work well in this animation style, which is why I think from the stuff that I've seen, the later seasons are actually far superior to the yeah, early they, ones. Yeah, they improved and they took advantage of new technology and like it had an in-universe reason like, oh, we're getting an upgrade. And That's like, so, it's that, the mm, same reason. <laughs> succinct. It's mm, it's beautiful. We look better now because the computer's better. Because yeah. <laughs> the actual animation computer is better. <laughs> yeah. Um, which isn't to say that the later stuff looks good. <laughs> I, I thought it was charming <laughs> it, it looks better and it looks not offensive it was that sufficient. is not true of the earlier seasons yeah so uh maybe let's, we should talk let's talk about the plot yeah so this is more complicated than you might think because you have to like i was really surprised by how define a few things <laughs> th yeah, there's a lot going on here and they don't really explain any of it off the bat. Like the first episode, I'm like, and exposition is coming. When? Yeah, where, where exactly, what box is the plot hiding under? Because they do do, they, they do exposition pretty well when they get around to it. Uh, well, they do it in the best <laughs> they, way. They are that, not in a rush, though. So this is what's good about a good sci-fi setting is that they show and don't tell. Mm -hmm. Bob being a guardian, games causing these like holes in the computer, Megabyte being a virus and what his goals are, what, you know, Enzo and Dot and Bob's relationship are. This is all explained as they articulate through the world yes. and not by somebody telling us an essay on how this world works. That is shown. I will go ahead and point out the things that you might need to, you know, read a Wikipedia entry to understand. Oh, I still didn't understand most of it by the third episode, right. but well, I was glad that I didn't understand it. <laughs> General, yeah, I mean, the show kind of works, but it helps to have an idea of the ontology of this world. So the the main idea is that there are cities inside of computers. This The, the one uh, that we're dealing with is called Mainframe. Uh, sprites live in there, uh, and the net is some other place. Doesn't Okay, that, that part's not really explained well. It's kind of a kid rad wave. It's like, there's a bunch of this internet stuff, you know? <laughs> oh, it's Just... all over the place. It's getting yeah. in my shoes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Someone needs to take a broom to this internet. And since this is inside a computer, sometimes people, called the user, uh, they play games, which takes up space in the computer, and uh, in the form of these horrible purple cubes that drop down and like threaten to nullify the city unless uh, a guardian, Bob... Uh, can beat the user in their own game. So Bob and other characters go inside the game um, and reboot in order to kind of make themselves part of the game. Yeah, they, um, they reboot as a playable character. Yeah, so if they're in a racing game, they'll get a car. If they're in an underwater thing, they'll turn into mermaids. 
Yeah, and, and that's a good way to do an episodic format, which is how this started. Like, there's a game, it's threatening us, it's somehow connected, connected to Megabyte, and in actually, like, a way that continues moving forward. It's not like a Rita Repulsa sends down another big dumb idiot. Right, and it's nice because the two different main um, ways that the plots work are in the game, there's a struggle against the user to, to keep them from nullifying part of the city, or in the computer itself, where they fight viruses, uh, Megabyte and Hexadecimal, who are just evil yeah just evil because they're viruses and like that actually kind of works that works yeah for it's me. fine they they just want access to things like a lot a lot of the first two seasons from what i read was that megabyte wants access to the supercomputer mm-hmm. I, I don't need more of a reason than that he's a virus that's what he does it it's weird like if they had spent just a couple minutes in the first episode laying all this out it would have been spoiled. <laughs> oh, like, so honestly, you... I think that it's better for not explaining it at all. Like, this needs to feel like a self-consistent world, and the only way you can make it self-consistent is to leave a lot of it in the dark. Yeah, because otherwise it's going to break down there, so fast. Explaining how the games work is going to introduce a ton of plot holes that I don't need. So this is actually really good conservation of detail, where they only tell you enough so that you can watch and be entertained. Mm-hmm. This is actually, like, I think this is... This plot structure is very cohesive and kind kind of uh, is hitting me on all cylinders. I love the plot structure in this. Yeah, no, it it, it works pretty well. And, um, you know, some episodes are better than others. But I think when it's when it is that monster of the week, go inside the game sphere and just sort of like learn your environments by doing it. It's Mm kind of nice. The games are all stuff that we can already relate to. Yeah, um, if you contrast, yeah, if it's a racing game, it's a battle game. Like we don't really need to know the minutia of the game. We know that it's a it's a it's a fight of some sort. When we had Shaolin Showdown, someone needed to tell us what was going on. <laughs> we wouldn't be able to figure it out. Okay, so this is a belt. It's gonna make you stronger, but only if you say the right words. And yeah, if like, you're, come on, if give you me have a, this give, affinity. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah, this this show is very accessible for kids who especially considering both the animation style and kind of the content the theming of it is all computer stuff kids might not know that much about them at that age well, and kids at that ab- time period kids absorb and accept things much more readily yeah than i we, guess than that's like, true than we do or like real adults do mm. um normies <laughs> so it, i i think that this works for the show that it's that it's trying to be yeah, I had no problems with the plot structure. Like, this, be- it works as a sci-fi. You know, that's what it is, and that's what it does, and it sells the concept very well. I think that's all great. Mm-hmm. The problem comes when we start introducing the characters. Um, <laughs> I'm going to fight you on our main character, Bob, because uh, I like him a lot. Yeah, I think he's fine. Uh, I actually, I, I, I should re, I should rephrase what I mean. Uh, the problem is everyone else. The way they look. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They they look real real bad. They don't look better in the third season. All the character models, I don't enjoy looking at them at all. All their facial expressions are so gross. It's just Jimmy Neutron again, and I can't get over it. Jimmy Neutron had seven years of experience to not learn this lesson. Yeah, I'm there's willing a, to give there's a pass. sin of <laughs> yeah. You the, must the, toil for seven years to show that you are worthy. <laughs> no, he, he he's 
Jimmy Neutron suffers the sins of not learning from his ancestors. Um, this one, you know, we can give it a pass because it was so novel, but it still does not, it doesn't make it fun to look at, Zane. I I think that the characters do enough. You know, they're they're not meant to be human looking in the same way. They're meant mm. to be like video game sprites. They are supposed to look sort of more round and less detailed than God, they're they supposed to. So the hair round. isn't supposed to move. Like, yeah. I was able to accept this in a way that clearly you you weren't. It's You know, I think most of it is fe- facial expressions. Like, the, the models themselves are, are okay. Rough. And what my, one of my biggest problems with, like, just letting myself sit back and enjoy this is they, like... They, like, keep on a character's face for a couple seconds after a line is delivered, Ugh. and, like, the facial expression will change. Like, it's it the wasn't worst. a lag thing. Like, this is just how they do. It's so bad. I, I got so frustrated. Look, like, okay, I'm, I'm tired I, I of watching to... Enzo go from the, like, confused to upset. Yeah. Because <laughs> that like takes dot... five seconds and nothing's happening. Or, like, Dot going from, like, nothing to shocked. it's like they didn't quite get that and and i do need to uh i need to rephrase like i think i misspoke earlier the models themselves are not bad it's how the models move that Mm -hmm. are really objectionable whenever bob has to move to do something it's like somebody is playing with legos and it (laughs) yeah there's some lego man problem is is real real rough Um, um but the character of bob let's uh let's talk about him yeah, so he's a bit of a generic hero. You know, he's got a he's got a real charm and humor, but I think the idea here is like action hero. I, I like didn't this is an Indiana Jones much, sort. Yeah, I didn't hate him as much as I intended to. Um, he he's confident and brash, but he's generally good natured, and that's enough. Um, I like yeah. his job description. He's the guardian, and yeah, what I love is that I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's like the negotiator. The it's like uh, Roger Smith from Big O. Yeah, just, just I do the job when it needs to get done. Yeah, and you'll know it's getting done because it'll be halfway through the episode and I'm there. <laughs> what? Like, <job>? it's, <laughs> it doesn't even really matter what it means. Um, my understanding of it is that in the net, which is hosted on a supercomputer, they train guardians at the academy and send them off to individual computers. Oh, no, I don't care. I know you don't care, don't but tell this me is that. the reason. <laughs> no, don't tell me that. <laughs> and you don't need that, also. I, I need to not have that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> is, is really more of what it is. The uh, So this is one of the cool things about the show, um, is that it, re- it reinforces this sort of otherworldliness, because they just sort of use tech language as though it will be accepted. Yeah, they reference things that are never brought up. Mm-hmm. And which that's is the best awesome. part of the show. Like, <laughs> yeah, I love it. It, it like, draws you in. And like you said earlier, they don't explain things because why would they? Everyone lives there. Yeah, so like in the first episode, Megabyte will be like, I need you to I need you to sustain that that uh, that tear. And uh, Bob will say, well, if you wait long enough, that game just going into that tear will make a portal. They all know what they're talking about, but I don't. <laughs> It's like, come on, Megabyte, you should know this. Yeah, this, this is first, first grade stuff. Come on. <laughs> come on, Bitey. He, me, she, portal. It's first grade SpongeBob. Make a uh, breath. And I, I really like that, like that immersiveness where they're so confident of the <laughs> of our willingness to accept the world around us that they don't explain it. Yeah. Um, Bob specifically, um, like he, he's he's shouldering a lot of the show because uh, everyone else is kind of either useless or evil, and he is 
like he's carrying the action he can be a concerned father figure he can be a snarky underdog and it's all believable in one character yeah i i don't mind him much i like kind of his like this paternal slash almost superhero kind of figure like everyone turns <laughs> to him yeah superman yeah, he's almost superman he's not quite but he's a bit more he's definitely he's definitely like the person that everyone turns to in in the city mm-hmm. what i don't like is that his name is bob well, what's wrong with Bob? Why are they doing that? <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> it, I don't it, think that's ever really explained. I just think it's just like that's a good name for a computer guy. Right? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope, sure isn't. <laughs> what do you want to be like Alphalon or like? Uh, something, man. Like uh, I, what I wanted was a a pun that doesn't go anywhere but is vaguely like computer. Like Dot Matrix. Yeah, or like bite or zip, like anything. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, the, <laughs> just, the female interest dot. Like that's just perfectly not Bob. Fine. Yeah, just not Bob. <laughs> Why is it Bob? <laughs> like they, they have a joke that they're carrying on with in the entire show, which is like everything's sort of in a computer. And then he's just like, yeah, my name is Bob. <laughs> so this show, we'll get into it, but it can be goofy sometimes. And I find that pretty endearing. Yeah, I, I kind of do too. Like the sort of self-seriousness to it, uh, it is, it's so self-serious that they're obviously in on the joke. I uh, I played this card game recently. It's like a, uh, it's a Dominion kind of card game mm-hmm. um, it, where like you're kind of building your deck stronger and stronger to, to kind of finish out the game. Um, and it's called Aeon's End. And all of the card descriptions are so up their own ass. It's all Tolkienian <laughs> Lord of the Rings bullshit, and it's all great. <laughs> because like you could easily make the game without that. But yeah, like Dash was was lead apprentice at her academy, never bested. She was so fast that the like just and just like and plus two to wisdom. Yeah, and plus two to it. Like that juxtaposition is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's like those old board games where it's like, you've been lost in time and space. Lose one turn. I don't know which part of this I need to pay attention to more. <laughs> Where's the important part here? Uh, but yeah, I like, I, I like his character fine. And uh, he performs admirably. He, he's got enough slyness to him that it's not boring to watch him do stuff. Yeah, like he'll come up with a cool plan. Mm-hmm. And that's... Like, that's what we need him to do. And when something goes wrong, he'll be like, oh, no, I got to get out of here. Like, he's not he's not going too far in any direction. Like, he balances. He's very serviceable as a kind of... He's a good protagonist because it's very easy to relate to him. Because he's not, like... He's not a Batman, right? He's no, not extensively he's, one character trait. He's, he's, a, he's a regular guy. He's been around the block, but not twice. Yeah, he's he's just a little bit older and a little bit wiser. He's kind of like a, a great teacher Onizuka like, in that way. Like, the city's under threat. I'm literally the only one who ever does anything. Mm-hmm. Guess I'm going to do my best. Yeah. Like, we, I'm the hero, guys. Wish, wish me luck. <laughs> Ready or not. Yeah, he's, he's uh, got a down-to-earthedness to him. And I think that is also true of Dot, and I think they complement each other. I didn't see much of Dot in the beginning. She seemed very, you know, functionary as just the female lead. But I saw her in a later season, and she kind of really came into her own. Yeah, when when Bob's not in command, like if he's in a game or if they're in a game together, Dot will... She's not going to be the useless sidekick or the damsel in distress, 
But she also doesn't go too far in the other direction either. Like they need each other and, and help each other. Yeah, she's sort of like a planner, right? She's she's like organizes stuff and creates plans. And if things are going according to plan, great. And if they're not, well, you need a Bob to kind of kind of <laughs> as the muscle, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I, I, what did you think about Dot? So Dot is, you know, theoretically just an owner of a diner. Yeah, and- what does that mean? like dining they what <laughs> they gotta reboot some, uh... reboot calm down <laughs> <laughs> i say calm down but these are like my favorite parts <laughs> <laughs> because you know oh they're eating data they're eating ones and zeros no they are ones and zeros there's <laughs> yes, something else cannibalism <laughs> uh, dot is just i don't know they again they never explain why she and bob are, are friends or why she's allowed to go on these adventures she just kind of does yeah, they don't explain where any of them came from or, like, why this society exists. It's actually, like, one step above even, like, Kid Rad or something like that, where we just understand that this is a society. We don't even need to know how it happened because mm-hmm. they don't know how it happened. They only have a vague understanding of what users are. And that's so good. <laughs> <laughs> and Dot's a little less experienced than Bob, so when there's a new mission, she'll be pretty she'll be focused on the task, you know. She'll, and, she'll be kind of frazzled. You know, Bob might get Bob might make a joke or whatever and Dot's like, "I need to I need to be on my game." Yeah, she we, gets rattled we pretty could easily. Die here. Yeah. She is she has a little bit harder time coming to grips with the situation, but I I like her a fair amount considering that I thought that she was just arm candy for Bob. Yeah, no, I, I think she gets away from that pretty quickly. It does seem that way. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, apparently there was like a big censorship, a big censorship issue with reboot. Oh um, yeah, she's too sexual. Yeah, what the fuck? She's Are super you serious not. compared to what? <laughs> I, I don't know, Enzo maybe. Dude, <laughs> you, we gotta. I want to talk about this because the network set censorship. Uh, apparently Canada was just kind of sterner about this sort of thing. The expense of uh, like the Board of Standards and Practices was so stringent as to cut anything that could even be remotely misconstrued as sexualized. Yeah, so, so when she gives her brother a peck on the cheek, oh, that's incest. Yeah, what? Uh, come on, give me a give me a break. Your computer programs. <laughs> yeah, it's on. The, come on, and and so like they, it, it got so bad that uh, they changed the the breasts of uh, Dot's model to like this weird mono breast. <laughs> so that it couldn't even possibly be remotely sexual, which thankfully by the third season, they kind of got the hint that like, okay, it doesn't really matter that much. And they replaced him with better looking stuff. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it just, takes, it that's takes an a harsh amazing... sensor to look at all of this and like the boobs are the problem here. Boobs are the problem here. All that cutting that uh, cutting out a kid's eye is fine. <laughs> but these boobs though. And every episode they're, they could die, because when you die in the game, you die in real life in the computer. Yeah, they don't know what real life means or <laughs> yeah. what the game means. Again, um, this is just, this is their lives. Dying only means dying. <laughs> like, there's no alternate, <laughs> there's no context for them. This is all they have. So, um, mo- moving into our third main character. Yeah. Um, I actually want to put in just my favorite encapsulation of the three main characters. Sure. Uh, so there was one episode where they were doing like a Voltron parody. <laughs> they do a lot of parodies. Um, yeah, they did a Pokemon one, I, I believe. They they all s- was did Pokemon happen by then? It, it would be interesting if they did one and it hadn't. <laughs> but I I'm guessing that yes, it had. 
Uh, well, they did a Voltron well, parody. Well, it ran up through 2001, right? So uh, the the movies did, I think. Oh, I think, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, so they had to suit up and pilot giant insect robots. Sweet. And and Bob is just like like he hates the wackiness of it, and he's like, yeah, suit up. <laughs> I like that. He's like, oh, come on. This isn't serious like it normally is. Dot says it with a sense of duty. Like, you know, we're here. Let's make the most of it. And our third character, Enzo, is just all in. Like, he's so happy to be involved. He loves where he is. (laughs) He's he's the excited little kid that we are if we're watching this show. How how'd you feel about this guy? Because I liked him a lot. Really? I actually really thought that Enzo did it. I was not a fan of him until later. What, you mean when he becomes He-Man? That's right. Or Hercules? <laughs> That's correct. Like, he's he's too, like, little kid, awkward adolescent catchphrase spewing. Like, golly gee whiz kind of guy. Yeah, but, like, I, I think that uh, that is infectious. Like, his enthusiasm for Bob's job is believable in a yeah. way that, like, you know, in kind of like a little rascals kind of way, they just get really excited about stuff that doesn't really matter. <laughs> but I like watching them be excited. Because it's I, fun to like, it's fun to watch kids have a good time. <laughs> okay. So, so I, I, I don't know. I just enjoyed him a lot. Well, I'm, I'm trying to think of other like characters from other shows that do this. Genki. And, yeah. And it doesn't work there. Really? I think it did. Like the, the episodes. The enthusiasm, that I, man. The episodes I didn't like were the ones where it's like, I made a mistake and learned from it, but it's all okay in the end. Like, the coming-of-age thing was is not what I want in my computer fight. I'm not talking about the coming-of-age thing. I'm just talking about the enthusiasm. <laughs> he definitely had it. Yeah. And he, he transfers that to the audience, I think. Like, it, not to me, but, like, I understood his function there, and it looks like it was pretty solid. A, so, a solid so, effort. So he goes into the game and reboots, and he's like, this is awesome. Yeah. Like, oh, I guess it is awesome. All right. Kind of, yeah. He's like that guy who's trying to convince you that the movie that you just wasted two hours at was worth your time. <laughs> no, oh, but remember when Michael Bay made him come crashing to... <laughs> Not The Prince of Persia. It's a movie, but then there's that segment where it's like a video game. That's how they get <laughs> cinematic thrill ride. Stop calling Prince of Persia Sands of Time a cinematic thrill ride. <laughs> We're good to catch on <laughs> it's it, i think it is yeah, listener i've been saying this for 10 years i can't believe that it, it hasn't stopped yet <laughs> um but I, I think enzo was good he goes through an interesting metamorphosis yeah so in the third season uh bob th- they really amp up i the, keep on the thinking plot you're talking about bob arctor from uh, from uh <laughs> Scanner Darkly? From a Scanner Darkly, yeah. <laughs> so Bob gets uh, shunted into the multiverse or the net or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and Enzo has to take over as Guardian. Right, because then... Bob has this cross-chatter, right? So he doesn't really understand who he is, <laughs> and he gets really confused. And He's working he thinks... for the government. and Yeah, but he's also spying on himself. And Go watch uh, episode 30, or 40. <laughs> uh, so Enzo and uh, his, his teammate Andrea, who is an AI... Um, after some encounters, they get sucked into games and, like, have to go game hopping. And the way that time works in-game is different from in a computer, so they kind of hit a time skip. And yeah. so what happens is, at the end of one episode, Enzo, like, is fighting this giant demon thing and gets his eye cut out. I believe the demon's name is Satan? Is that who that is? Yeah. Okay. I only watched the end. I only wanted to see the eye cut out to see how graphic it was going to be. It was pretty good. Like, <laughs> they didn't skimp on it. 
Well, they always they always cut away when somebody's going to get like hurt, hurt. Right, but I mean, they they didn't make it super brutal. But you see blood, and he's clearly not opening that eye. Yeah, uh, but by the next episode, he is a full grown man with stubble and like muscles, and like he's pissed at everyone. It's fucking crazy. And again, they don't really explain it in the show. No, <laughs> at I, least not immediately. Right, because maybe in in the show, it's a thing that is more readily accepted. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, that's that's Enzo. Yeah, the time <laughs> skip on older. itself is is not a bad thing. I just uh, I liked him less afterwards. I think it was a good character development point, especially with Bob gone. Like, I don't want to see the adventures of Enzo for a season. Yeah, I'll give you that. Um, I, I would have I would more like to see Master Fong. Why? Like the early years. <laughs> ben, you've got the show all backwards. Because he, because he's clearly ancient, and I want to know how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Like, how long was he in the net? 30 well, I years? Think, I think he's years? supposed to be just like Pong. Like, he was one of the original programs. Oh, what, is his name Master Pong? Master Fong. Uh, yeah, I Because he's also Pong. like this weird Asian stereotype. He's just Pat Morita. Like, <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, we should move on to the, our final character that we need to talk about, which is Megabyte. Megabyte. Yeah, he's, he's kind of the, the main villain, along with Hexadecimal, who is less important yeah and it's at this point that i need to point out that the voices for all of these characters are very good i thought the voice acting was a big plus yeah definitely like uh, i didn't the fact, particularly the fact like that they didn't quite match the faces was annoying but I, again whenever these faces animate they're a problem <laughs> but uh like bob's and bob and enzo and dot's voices are all fine but we need to focus on Megabyte for a minute. Yeah, so this is Tony J. He's an actual actor and, like, evil British. Yeah, he's you been do- in a lot of stuff. <laughs> if you nail evil British, you can do it forever. Yeah. You have work for days. Yeah, you've years. made it. The, the one that I, like, I recognize the voice, and I'm like, I need to know who this is. Who? Where have I heard this before? And then I realized it was Dr. Lipschitz from Rugrats. Shit, really? <laughs> which is, like, a, such an absurd, like... Who, long who running that joke. guy out? <laughs> Why, yeah, like how did that happen? It's just it's mm, honey in my ear, and it's like the kind of like that uh that yeah, the voice in Bastion of the uh, the narrator. Uh, yeah, the narrator, the stranger. He, it, it just makes the show that much better mm-hmm. by having this voice actor who you're going to hear every episode, and when you do, you believe him. <laughs> you believe him so hard it's so much fun to listen to him he's always surrounded by crazy like laser light show stuff as <laughs> well big as evil swivel chair his big evil swivel chair and his his model is the one that i liked watching move with those three sets of teeth that's because mm-hmm. you can ignore the fact that they're animating weird if you look into his mouth and you're like oh that's so yeah, it's, jagged it's fucking fractal in there but the, the thing is, the thing is, he, the thing is this: he is geometric. Everybody else is lifelike plasticine things. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't like looking at the rest of the models because they're all like weirdly rounded and kind of humanish, but not really. Mm-hmm. Sort of uncanny valley. Yeah, this guy is like just angular co- colors and shapes. Yeah, with I, just enough of a square jaw to make you fear him. Like I'm watching reboot. I like playing video games. Video games have this guy all the time. Yeah, this is, this is some Disney evil, like, cackling madman. He looks so good. I I love I love his crazy neon, like, ge- geometry face. It's like an Andross, almost. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely... From, from the, the original, like, Star Fox stuff. Yeah, not, not Brain Monkey. 
Yeah, not Brain Monkey. I also like his relationship with Hexadecimal. It's almost like Luther and the Joker teaming up. Yeah, I didn't see much of Hexadecimal, but I like that she only has two uh, emotions. I think what it really would have been way better is if she had 16. (laughs) And they were very starkly contrasted. That's not bad. Yeah, but oh well. Uh, And there's a bunch of minor characters who are various shades of annoying. Yeah, like those two... uh, Hack and Slash. Yeah, aren't those just the barrel robots from Tenchi Muyo? That's what I was thinking, but I like these guys a lot more. God, I fucking hate them. Because they like they talk over each other. And yeah, that didn't each do other. That did nothing for me, man. I found it kind of charming. We are we are not aligned on this one. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Um, there's also a bunch of spheres and rectangles which are supposed to be zeros and ones and they're just like the inhabitants. Yeah, they're like they're like animals. <laughs> Almost. Uh, there's Mouse, who is a hacker, who looks different. That's a nice touch. Her hair is so cool. So one of this is. Let's jump into animation for a real quick second. The digital textures have so much variety, and I didn't really like the normal sleek, hard plastic way most of the people looked. Mm-hmm. But in Megabyte's skin, there's some cool like dark modulation that like. There's some weird tendrils underneath his skin. Like, you can't really tell what's going on there. It's sort of like looking into, like, a like a Dark Matter-esque, like, shifting abyss kind of universe-style thing. Yeah, they're playing the CGI to their strengths, because, like, there's a lot of intricate backgrounds that would be a pain to draw, but can just be, like, copy-pasted or procedurally drawn. And they can be entirely distinct. So you draw that outline for Mouse's hair, or for those games that fall out from on and top just, of the system and just apply a texture yeah and there's you can clip that in without messing with anything else because it's supposed to be really starkly contrasted like these outlines are very distinct and it works like it fits the show and draws you into their world because it's so different the yeah. flip side of this is that it can look cluttered or busy i i didn't actually have that problem i i felt like there was a lot going on that just didn't need to happen that, that makes sense to me. Like, I'm not calling you out on it. Like, I think that cluttering is something that could easily happen in this cir- circumstance. It just didn't, it just didn't happen for me. Mm-hmm. But like the idea that these, so the game drops down, it's got like this flowing goop neon kind of thing, which looks really cool, especially against the stuff that isn't that texture. Mm-hmm. And it's also got a narrative purpose. It's like, this is something that is not from our world. Yeah. Which and doesn't make sense with Mouse's hair unless it does. And the stakes are immediately apparent. It's like, okay, we can see what part of the city this is taking up. If you succeed, it will go away. If you fail, this part of the city will be nullified and all of its yeah, people turn into worm Yeah, this corruption things. from another world. It's so good. It, it's pretty cool. Like, <laughs> like the because they explain so little, it gives kind of this enforced high stakes. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> like, it could be real bad. So yeah. Anyway, I, I like the I like the animation on that uh on that on that uh on that end of the spectrum. Yeah. Do we want to talk more about it? I don't think there's a ton else in characters other than you know, Mike the TV. We we can do animation. Um, let's do animation and then maybe music and then end on tone and genre because I have some stuff to say. Sure. Um. So more about animation. The first two seasons had extreme closes ups of faces, as I already said, and. I have to think that they were just so proud of this technology like, that they wanted to show it as much as possible. Look at this guy's hair. No! It <laughs> looks like one of those like old judge wigs. No, you can't make me. Don't Frozen don't make me in do gravel. It. 
Oh man, dipped in chrome. Uh, yeah, it, it's pretty hard to pretty hard to watch. They learn to use the advantages of CGI. They do. Like, um, they, yeah. they can rotate a scene in 3D to give you a better perspective. This is going to be hap- this is going to be one of those things where you really have to start from. If you are watching this, you're starting from the very beginning, and it's cool to see that progression. But if you're like me and you're jumping in halfway, you're either enjoying the animation or understanding the plot, but not both. <laughs> so, this takes up a lot of gray matter. Yeah, uh, is uh, I mean, in that sense, I guess it was too busy, just not visually. But I think it's I, it's impressive. They reached high, and I think they succeeded most of the way. Yeah, they caught on with one arm, certainly. Um, that being, I mean, like, we've talked a lot of sugar about how well Re- this, remember, this world is constructed. <laughs> remember that Mega Man came out the same year. Right. Which so is this also was like, a sci-fi, like, robot show. And this is better than Mega Man, I'm willing to say. Uh-huh. Um, uh, it, one of these aside days we from have to rank all of these shows. <laughs> aside from, yeah, aside from the fact that it's just very ambitious like if you just take my enjoyment of each show this had too much more going on for me not to enjoy it more it's just that it also had lower lows Mm -hmm. um and uh i don't even think that the plot is all that compelling it's just so unique and nothing else was happening that was like this yeah i mean this could very easily let's let's bring some cogent examples to mind there is a market for this dot hack Mm mm-hmm uh sword art that, online dot hack was huge sword art online for some reason people still love um code lyoko for a weirder example digimon like this was all over the place yeah but this digimon maybe came before it but still this was the first that used that animation like as a diegetic part of it yeah and, and supported it with like and showed that it was possible like that cgi is viable and can make a hit show I watched recently, um, a couple months back, uh, Super Eye Patch Wolf had done a, uh, uh, a review of the new Berserk, and mm-hmm. a lot of people, common criticism of why it was so bad was because it was CGI, and CGI is terrible, <laughs> and his defense was, no, you can do CGI well, it's just that the direction was so ill-suited to what Berserk was trying to do that it didn't cohere. Yeah. Uh, and, and looking at this, I think that that's a very good point. Like, it's not the CGI in and of itself that makes a bad show. It can be done. But you have to know your strengths and weaknesses in a way that the first two seasons did not. Yeah, so, like, I'm sure that they ran up on time constraints here or there or, like, processing constraints or whatever. They didn't feel the need to flesh everything out. So, like, if you look at trees in in the show, they're... They look like these just green lumps on sticks, just like they would in a video game. It's so good. It, I, like I put those in from from MS Paint. Like it's that's what I would want in this in this show. <laughs> they shouldn't look like trees. Don't make them look like trees. And there is some MS Paint type action where like this dude's like most of his body stays still. The arm and fist move forward, connect. The other guy just flies back, and his arms rotate a little bit. <laughs> I, and again, that looked a little too uncanny valley for me to enjoy. Taken as a whole, it works, but if you're looking for it, these things pop up everywhere. Yeah, definitely. Just unfocus your eyes a little bit. Watch it's the just, show without your glasses on. <laughs> I was I was making a legit, like a very, um, a very explicit effort to look at just the backgrounds, and it's hard to do. Mm-hmm. The 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 characters take up a lot of the screen, like more than they should, especially in the early seasons, and um, 
they got they did get better at that but when it's when you're just looking at a bunch of you know dot making facial expressions i don't care how clean that diner is like you you need to you you need to get better service workers here is what i'm saying zoomed out is the mode that this show works in like mainframe felt like a place right i felt like i know the layout of this of this world it feels like a town yeah feels like something anyway like i i don't know the exact dimensions to it but i know when i'm in mainframe Mm -hmm. do you have anything else in animation um, I don't believe so. You know, let's do the intro scene. Then there's there's all sorts of things where while you're watching, you can point out and say like, that didn't quite hit the bar, or like, oh, that was very impressive. But it it you kind of have to just watch it to to talk about it. Yeah, and, and it's also like evidence that they were taking risks, and Definitely. some of it might be things that ten years ago I wouldn't have had a problem with because I haven't seen it better. Right. So it's hard to tell how much of it is the benefit of hindsight and how much of it was just them taking risks and it not working out well. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't fault this show not for not trying. Yeah, this this show probably did a lot for the medium in general. Um, so the Let's intro, talk about the intro scene. This is among the worst clip art intros I have ever seen. <laughs> they didn't put their best foot forward this here. This is so bad. Um, <laughs> this is worse, worse than Back to the Future because at least that one had Back in Time behind it. <laughs> Yeah, this one has a nice little narration of Bob like the the least amount of exposition necessary because most of it's just facial expressions plus a lot of unnecessary detail. Mm -hmm. It's like I'm here to mend and defend to defend my friends. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) The good times will never end. I don't care, man. It's like why? Why did someone write it that way? (laughs) No, nobody wrote it for him. He did it himself. And then. And then here's the weird part is like y- you go on that action music for a little bit and then there's a second monologue where he's like, you know, some say that the user lives outside the net and plays games. Just, no one knows for sure. It's never brought up again. No, it isn't. He's he like, says, I'm going to find gonna... out in what episode? <laughs> in the sequel, Ben. No, you won't. In the You've reboot. Ne- you have never cared about finding out in the show. It's so weird. It's yeah, Bob doesn't it's question like it was, things. It's like it was made a year after the show completed by somebody who was just looking at it and not listening to it. No, this was a translation error or something. Like It must have been. <laughs> from what? Canadian? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Game speak. Oh, yeah. From Leet? Yeah. <laughs> they speak Leet in Canada, what right? You, Those are the three national languages. That would be amazing if everybody <laughs> in Reboot just spoke Leet. Enzo was just constantly going... So, yeah. Man, if they made that show today, they would there would be such a urge to use memes everywhere, and I don't think I could have handled that. They use a lot of references. They do. The references are everywhere. So much so that the Wikipedia page like of episode summaries has a segment sometimes longer than the summary itself of like all the things that were referenced. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, I think one of the things that I really liked about this show actually is that even though it's trying way too hard, some of the in a computer flavor is pretty funny. Uh-huh. Like uh, Master Fong in the first episode says something like, there's an old readme file that says <laughs> you should keep your friends close and your enemies even closer. And I'm like, oh, that's, yeah, okay. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. Like, I'm, I'm pretty into that. Yeah, then they just, it, uh, you know. Like Enzo will be called basic and he's like, basic? I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> like, that's a good insult. It works yeah. on several levels. And it works now if you're referring to basic bitches. Yeah. I think. 
Thanks, Ben. I think I saw a rap video one time. <laughs> no, wait, I saw Chosen. That's right. <laughs> and, and in that rap video, did he talk about finding out what the user's up to? <laughs> I, I, it was so they, weird. They say that you're getting all up in this piece, but I intend to find out. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the other person's talking in lead back at him. <laughs> Sick, cool dude, bro. <laughs> you are a hacksaw. <laughs> Uber hacksaws. <laughs> what if, no if just megabytes spoke in leet <laughs> yeah because he's a virus yeah that sort of that sort of even makes sense i i'm i'm glad that they touched into computer um speak in some ways i'm glad they didn't overdo it uh they didn't overdo it that's true they, they, they did it just enough so that i like kind of grinned when it happened but they didn't yeah like, they knew what should be sci-fi and what shouldn't. Like, looking at sound, I was expecting more synth. Oh, and... my God. Let's talk about the sound effects. Yeah. Because the Looney Tunes-style sound effects in some spots, they initially wore on me. <laughs> like, on a tonal level, like, uh, everything is else is so self-serious. Why is this so goofy? But then I recognized they're in a computer, and so their sound, like, they're probably just doing, like, fart noise dot wav <laughs> yeah so like it makes sense that I, they would all the sound effects would come from well-recognized public domain sound effects <laughs> i didn't even think of it that way i just thought like oh that's a weird choice and moved on yeah i, I focused on it for a minute because i i needed to make sense of like those wily coyote falling down a cliff sound effects yeah um sliding along the floor and bashing into something yeah the, the, the juxtaposition with how everything looks like if you had a Hanna-Barbera sound effect track and CGI like it doesn't make any sense together except <laughs> for in this one very particular world yeah and like the the lack of sci-fi sounds where you would expect them to be like you you do hear the like pew pew kind of sounds from except like a... for the extreme overdramatic intro music yeah so there's a lot of there's a lot of this music like it's generic action music. It's dun dun da 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 dun dun da da dun. Yeah, it's like Star Fox. It is very. I wrote down. It's video gamey in the Star Fox sense. Mm-hmm. It's got those horns and strings in a pulse. Yeah, it does. And it it the music made this and the sound effects made this feel like an action show set inside of a computer rather than a show about a computer's insides. I guess I agree. I I I'm surprised though. It just didn't. Like, bother do you me. agree that this is an action show? Yes. It doesn't really fit as anything else. It, it is an action show. It has a it has a very clearly defined rise and fall and it being centered around the one guy who can actually accomplish the task. Like, this is an action show. It's not exploration. It's not drama. It's action. But uh, I, I was surprised by that. Did you dislike the music? No, I mean, it was sufficient. I, I think that they were so focused on the animation. They're like, okay, we can't unhinge the audience too far what i what i thought was that they had a good concept of how to be minimalist with the music they don't always have background music it's only when you need ambience and when it's not there it's just plot stuff they they also use the music really nicely in in the minimalist sense where if they make a reference to something they will cut in just enough of that thing's motif for you to recognize it Mm mm-hmm so like the like the Mortal Kombat ripoff, yeah. You hear sure. just just enough like da 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 da, and that's it. Yeah, that's all you hear. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, you you know what you're watching, you know, uh, eight year old. 
and it works because there's like i said there's so many references <laughs> yeah they're over they're really all over the place what was uh, your favorite uh my favorite what reference I think it was probably the Mortal Kombat one, to be honest. Do you have a? Do you have any others? Uh, there was an episode that was Evil Dead, basically. Okay. Um, oh, I there was a uh, uh, Fantastic Voyage one that I saw. Ooh, nice. Mm-hmm. So the in the Evil Dead one, um, Enzo rebooted into a zombie, <laughs> and and Bruce Campbell is like shooting at him, and Enzo's trying to get him to waste ammo, so he starts doing thriller dancing. Oh <laughs> my god. Like little thriller sound clips in there, and he keeps on going like, hee-hee. That's sort of brilliant. Like, the show is goofy, and it works. Yeah, but it's... it's also wacky, and it doesn't work. It's amazing. Like, <laughs> like I was initially so turned off by the show, but it won me over very quickly and mm-hmm. very effectively. Um, <laughs> like... Because it, I love it when a show is not afraid to be both sides of that goofy versus serious spectrum and nothing in between. Yeah, yeah. So, like, Bob will be this action hero, and then when somebody else comes up with a plan, he's like, I don't know, guys. <laughs> yeah, what, what do you mean you don't know? <laughs> <laughs> like, he'll, he'll, he'll shrug, he'll raise his eyebrows constantly. Mm-hmm. And it does both. It does both surprisingly well. I think it does the comedy a bit better. You think so? Mm-hmm. You you didn't feel like the stakes were high enough a lot of the times. No, it kind of it kind of felt like forced. It kind of felt like what if Star Wars just happened in a computer a lot of the time? Like the good and evil sides were very clearly delineated, and that very just Star Wars. It just made it a little bit soupy. Mm-hmm. Um, so the so the the drama or uh, the seriousness didn't really do much for me, uh, except when it focused on character growth, which it actually does kind of well. Like I thought that Dot's character actually has a lot to her. That I didn't originally put there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, by the time that Enzo gets deputized to be a guardian, yeah, you're like, you're like oh, I, you know, I've seen him grow and make better decisions over time. He's he's still an overexcitable youth, but now he's responsible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's kind of amazing. <laughs> it's, it's weird how realistic the show is. Yeah, it's blowing my mind. So the thing that I didn't like. Um, is that sometimes it went from goofy into wacky. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure the best way to differentiate between those, but like goofy in my mind is, you know, Bob being has like reluctant to go into a Voltron battle or like Enzo getting shot at and doing thriller. Mm. Wacky is like when Mike the TV describing like a dungeon crawl game and he does it as a series of advertisements and is like, come back after these commercial breaks. And then it cuts to commercial like Mike the TV almost stopped me from watching any more of this. I didn't see any of him, so it's hard to know what you mean. Oh, just go go check out a clip of him. Oh, yeah? He's he's a rough one. All right, let me see here. I, I assume that our fans like this. <laughs> no, that's correct. When I do this. Oh, God, who is this? Oh, Mustache Cyclops? No, no. that's uh, that's someone else. <laughs> saying this is just a Hanabichi interlude. I don't know what to tell you, Ben. <laughs> oh my god, stop it. Why? Yeah, that's awful. <laughs> so do you do you get what I mean by wacky? It's it's too in my face. Yeah, I think I think that's the difference. Uh, like the kind of wacky that I like is just clearly surreal without being go go dodo levels of wacky. Yeah, don't don't draw attention to it. Yeah, don't don't shout it at me. I'll I'll understand it. Like uh in the Fantastic Voyage episode, there's an entire spaceship inside of Enzo's head 
and the condensing array or whatever is wearing off. And it's wearing <laughs> off just as he's flying out through the nose and Enzo sneezes and it shoots out like it immediately enlarges. So like he sneezes a spaceship out. <laughs> That's great. But then they do it at three different angles. <laughs> like it's a Samurai Jack moment. It's like this, this is what needs the action shot. <laughs> yeah. And like they clearly knew that this was a funny moment. And they don't do that move a lot. That's a sparse move. No, I saw that, it like twice. Yeah, exactly. And that it's not like uh it's not like Samurai Jack that used it as kind of a a constant verbiage. It's more like a a trick. They have yeah. a bag of tricks. And it's so such an extensive bag of tricks that they can pull one out and it'll kinda catch you by surprise and kinda impress you a little. Then the uh the tech thing you mentioned that there was a scanning array. Oh, I don't know what I said. Did they explain what that was at Condensing all? Condensing array? No. They just said you're going to get condensed. I'm like, con- condense, condensation, like made smaller. Yeah, okay. I don't know how it... They make you figure like, it out. fine. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you understand it conceptually, because you can see them shrinking. And you can see them sneezing out of spaceship. And well, like, maybe that's part of it. Yeah. Also, like, uh, in that episode, I'm pretty sure uh, Bob ordered a proton cola. <laughs> Like, come on. Reboot, give me a break. (laughs) I'm exhausted. I'm worn out from all this. (sighs) I want to talk about how this contrasts to a couple shows that are kind of like it in certain ways. Okay. So, do you remember how... So, I want to talk about how the fact that this show is sci-fi. Um, okay. In In the sense that it is taking place in a science fiction medium, not that they play up those aspects. In a certain sense, they do. Specifically in the sense that they're throwing us into this world and not explaining it. I feel like sci-fi gets explained. Mm? I don't I think so. I feel like an action movie, you don't need to explain things. Uh, I don't think that's true. Like, uh, if you if you look at some classic sci-fi stuff, like Fifth Element or Dune or something like that, they just kind of make, they just kind of start talking and make you aware of where you are after a while. Okay. Like you, you just get you just get well read in these concepts that they constantly talk about. Like I don't yeah, know what yeah. a, learning a language through immersion. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the spice does originally. They eventually reveal it, but it's not important. All I need to know is that it's like a really finite resource that can only be mined here, and it's caused this war. I don't need to know more than that, so they don't tell me anymore. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think that it is really good at at this sort of sci fi showing. Yeah, I'm. I'm not looking for an explanation of how this works. I want to know how Bob, Bob Arctor is getting out of this one. Yeah, <laughs> how's Bob Arctor going to get out of this? Um, what I wanted to contrast it with, just because I'm kind of curious of this, if this is a widespread issue, is this the is this like a distinction between fantasy writing and sci-fi writing? Um, because in fantasy, what? in fantasy, you need to explain what's going on because. We don't have a touchstone to be able to explain it ourselves. There's no grounding, yeah. At least I haven't seen... I can't think of a good uh, a place where that does that. Where like, in a fantasy well. book, they just like, you'll figure it out. I mean, I guess they kind of do it, but it's it's less easy to do. So like, if yeah. we're talking about like Sailor Moon, I'm not going to figure it out. Even with explanation, Lord I don't even know Rings, how they would have done it. If you look at like Lord of the Rings, it doesn't fully explain everything, but like... It tells you through song. It has its own like glossary. There's an info dump with the with the One Ring where Gandalf just like this is what you need to know. <laughs> um, like I don't think were... we ever re- recognized why Megabyte wanted into the supercomputer. 
Uh, not that I could tell, no. And I don't think we ever recognize who sent Bob as a guardian to this place, or even if there's other computer sites like Mainframe. There's a lot of questions, but they don't need to be answered for the show to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know if that's like a... I don't know if that's good sci-fi writing or good storytelling in general. I don't know which one of those it is. We do get explanations sometimes, uh, but they are scattered. They're sparse. But yeah, I just wanted to I wanted to mention that. Yeah, no, that, that's an interesting point. Yeah, let, let's keep it in mind for maybe later later shows. I'd be interested to see if this happens again, and if so, in what genre. Sounds good. Can we talk a little bit about the appeal of this versus appeal of other shows that do video game stuff? Like I already mentioned, uh, Dot .hack and... Um, sort out, sort online. out online. I'm not. I'm not fully. I, I haven't seen a lot of these shows. I did watch a little bit of Sword Art Online and found it like entertaining, but not good. What I disliked about Sword Art Online was that I wasn't really, I wasn't really in a video game world for most of it. Like it was when they could use it that I was in there, but I for the rest of the time it, it looked very kind of mundane. Oh, so you mean like. The fact that this is a fantasy world inside a computer versus this is a fantasy world, that distinction didn't matter? A lot of the time, yeah. Like, they, they would use it occasionally, like, and I would be I would enjoy it when it happened. Like, uh, you know, what's-her-face cutting up vegetables by tapping a knife on a block of food and it, like, just chops itself. I'm like, I get it. Like, that's what you would see in an, in a, yeah, in an MMORPG. That, that's pretty clever. But most of the mm-hmm. time, it didn't feel like that. Yeah, whereas here, it's... It's so built into the world. Mm-hmm. Like, you would never think of doing it another way. Or Digimon, there was no clear delineation between how people walked around in the digital world or the real world. Like, that was... Oh, it's it's basically they were transported to another dimension. Yeah, they were transported to a faraway planet to a world where Digimon ruled. Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> Something's off Could it that. be that these two shows have a lot in common? Our people are more alike than you'd like to admit. <laughs> Bob Archer. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. So, <laughs> no, I, th- I think you raise a good point, and um, I-, I like how fully that the show commits to to its idea. If there's one thing that I think the show is very, it should be praised for, it's that it is not afraid to commit. Yeah, because. It, it would have been easy, like, if they had a couple bad episodes to say, like, oh, we're going to go in a different direction, wacky all the time, or, you know, let's zoom out and see what it's like from the user's perspective. The Some of my favorite anime and cartoons and media have a well-defined world that is unlike ours so clearly that you cannot forget that. Yes. If you are looking at Gurren Lagann, it is so clear that you're not in our world. Humans <laughs> are the prey, you are... The, the predators are coming to get you. You are an uprising. I don't know anything about our history. We started out in tunnels. I There's nothing relating our worlds together. It's mm-hmm. so obvious where you are. Yeah, and and being able to immerse you without too much exposition is a real feat. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was, that was a real treat. Can you think of any other examples where they do that? Um, Maybe, I mean, that's probably why I like Mega Man so much. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because it's so clearly a world where humanity has lost. <laughs> it's like the rules are all broken so what happens next yeah because even in a lot of like looking at a, a world from another entity's perspective like toy story for example or mm-hmm. our real monsters other things that came out around this time they were still clearly in our world just things were slightly different well that's actually i think that might actually be 
This is tricky because, like, I like those explicitly because they're part of our world, but a part of our world that we don't see. And oh, I think like, that's like just at the edges. Yeah, that's like that's good enough, right? It, it's effectively a separate world that we just happen to be part of. And then you have things like Cowboys of Mumesa, where it's it is our world, even though it's not. Right, and that and that part of Cowboys of Mumesa didn't really appeal to me that much. The fact that oh, I'm just in a Western setting, but with cows, that's kind of stupid. And you really need to pick apart a little bit more in order to get stuff out of it. Mm -hmm. And then there's also like Invader Zim, where it is our world, but seen through a very strange lens. Uh, through a nightmare portal. <laughs> so I think this show is fairly unique. Yeah, and not maybe not ex not specifically just in the ways of animation. Like it's also unique in how much it is established in its own setting mm -hmm. and how much it's willing to just drive that point home each and every episode yeah uh, the thing is and i'm i'm still having a hard time committing to my liking of this show because i don't remember i didn't enjoy watching it really i never wanted to watch another episode after watching an episode i was appreciative of it but i did go through a lot of them oh i only went through like three um i i you know checked out a few in each season mm. Yeah, I, I didn't enjoy watching it, so I, I'm fascinated that I'm that impressed with this show. So I didn't I think, realize what it was doing. I think I enjoyed, you know, a few episodes in the first season because, like, this idea of going into the games and, and rebooting into them and becoming those things, like, that's that's pretty good. And they, you know, didn't spend a lot of time wasting on something else. And then as the plot arcs progressed, you kind of had to keep watching. Like, they distributed the the progression of the plot pretty well. It didn't feel like they wasted time. Mm. I'll have to take your word for it, because I only saw a few disparate episodes. Mm. But it did always seem like they were doing something different. Yeah, definitely. And, like, if you want to jump into later episodes, just go ahead and read yourself a read yourself a summary, because they, they will not explain things for you. Yeah, no, this is some big-o-style big storytelling. <laughs> Except it works. Yeah, I, I like I I think I also appreciated how ridiculous. No, you know what? I take it back. I didn't appreciate Bigo's plot structure because it just relied on escalation. The problem with Bigo's plot structure is that it did not commit. It didn't look at this like noir negotiator story or to the giant. Mech it didn't battles. make its own rules. Like it started with a set of rules and then transformed into a different set of rules. Yes. And here it's all self-contained. I'm wondering why both Toy Story and this appeal to me. Like, what is the distinction between the two things? Toy Story appealed to you because Toy Story is a great film. It, it, that's not it, though. It's not just because <laughs> it's film. Like, I want to I wanna figure I want to dissect this reason that that it's okay to be Toy Story, that it's okay to be part of our world. Son, your mother and I would like you to know that it's okay to be Toy Story. <laughs> uh, young man has to experiment and, and try out new <laughs> things and well if if your toy story that's all right by me it's okay to be a woody and it's okay to be a buzz now go get your brother monster rancher and let's go to the but i want to be a slinky you shut your mouth <laughs> reboot <laughs> reboot on this on this uh on this child rearing uh, yeah I, I don't know i think toy story works because it is alien ish creatures that are so similar to us maybe it's because it's showing us what we already know through a different lens whereas this is just showing us th what we don't know through a different lens like they're both unique it's, perspectives it's right? still people it's just a different kind of people 
Yeah, and it's still a world that we can. Eh, I don't well, know. I don't want to make. I don't. I don't want to make too big statements about this. Like, I, I don't need my exposition now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. I'm curious. Is all. I'm curious about what amount of world building suffices to get me invested in a show beyond being able to relate to characters. You know. <laughs> I think you like the audacity of it having secrets and not telling you. I, I, I'm certainly a fan of that. Out. I am certainly a fan of that. There's no denying that. Who knows what other like world things are in there that just like didn't even make it into the show. Like maybe the creators had some ideas and it's just popping uh, uh, around the seams. Okay, so so you remember Monster Rancher? So do you <laughs> ben, remember? Of course I forget? do. <laughs> so do you remember how everything felt like it was just people that happened to be monsters? Yes. And how that like was so impersonal a way to kind of give us this new world. Yeah. Like, it, it didn't really sell me on the new world, except for the moments where it did, such as when Golem was eating a big bucket of rocks. And what's great here is, like, all the different types of people behave differently. Viruses, guardians, hackers, AI, those binomes, like, they all... Yeah, I don't know most of those nouns. <laughs> I saw like, I saw Bob was a guardian. like each other. Megabyte was a virus. Everybody else was just... I don't know. <laughs> just garbage shapes. It just garbage shapes waltzing around like ones and zeros that they is. That they was. Yeah, that they be. I would have loved it if a two showed up and everyone was just like, oh, mutant. Get out of here. Get out of our town. <laughs> Race war. <laughs> Race war. Is that the new game? <laughs> it's, reboot. it's a reboot. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do want to mention a couple other things. Yeah, um, please. I like that it is not always advantageous to reboot inside of a game. Hmm. Like, games have inherent limitations, which is not... Like, it prevents this sort of power creep that happens in other long-running action shows. Because hmm. he needs to go into different games where, like, it's a whole new verb set. Oh, sure. So, like, it's not like, you know, only escalate when Rita escalates first. It's not like a Power Rangers thing where you could just go into your Megazord and be fine. It's like... You don't know what's going on in this game, and that could make you lose very quickly like, until you do. And, like, Bob will scope out the situation. It's like, okay, I'm in a fantasy game. I can be my normal badass guardian self, or I can reboot and gain, like, I don't know, like a sword or something? Like, do I want to do this? That That's pretty cool. I didn't see that. I did see the one where Enzo had to fight the Mortal Kombat riff. Uh-huh. Uh, and he's, like, watching him as he fights some AI programs first. He's like, okay, that's his finisher move. I need to watch out for that. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Do you think this had a lot of appeal for people who played video games? Because I didn't appreciate it as somebody who likes video games. The video games aren't really based off of video game pop culture because that wasn't really as big a thing back then. It wasn't really a pop culture. It's it's more referential humor saw, than anything else. I saw a else. lot of like Jurassic Park, Star Wars, Alien, right. Evil Dead. I didn't see Mario. Insofar thing. that it's got video games in it, it uses it more as like referential humor than actual game tropes. Yeah, yeah. It's just, hey, these are the biggest things that happened in the past 30 years. They've influenced the web as well. Yeah. Because people made games off of those. Right. I guess Bob this... has a hoverboard. <laughs> like, I guess the fact that this is like closer. In. This is closer to a video game than most shows, but it's like it's closer to the web than it is to a video game. And I think I just conflated the two. Yeah, net culture. Yeah, it's net culture. It's really not about video games. No, I thought it was, though. I thought yeah. it was for a long time. Huh. This like, is a I, weird I guess show. The, I guess, yeah, it's just... 
Ben, how would you how would you sell this show to somebody? I don't think I would. I, uh, if it's someone I respect, I, you don't uh, feel like anybody else needs to see this. I don't know. Like it, it's it's kind of a weird artifact. You know, I, I'd probably it put is it of its time. I'd put it in the same place as like Steamboat Willie. You know, <laughs> like I'd put it. I'd put this show in a museum. Yes. And, you know, and people or, of the future will look back and like, oh, how quaint. They were really they were really ahead of their time. Yeah, or like I put this next to Wallace and Gromit or Gumby, you know? Just like pushing the art form without... I don't know. And I doing like a good, it did do a, a lot of new things, and I think it. it did it well. It's just, I don't want to keep watching it. It's just, too, it's just too much of an artifact. It's like how we appreciated every bit of He-Man but couldn't watch any more He-Man because it was He-Man. Uh-huh. I think I think the reason I don't want to watch more is just like I know exactly what I'm going to see. Yeah, I mean they they follow the action hero journey kind of kind of precisely for the most part. Yeah, even even in the episodes where the plot arc is developing, you will see the very same rising and falling actions at like the same points. Mm-hmm. It, it's not necessary to watch more, but it, it's worth watching to see how all of this comes together in a cohesive way, which is. Was and is very impressive. Yeah, I I agree with that. It's it's fascinating the way we both kind of had different outlooks on this show and what we liked and didn't like, but still came to the kind of same overall out. conclusion of like yeah. it's worthwhile as this odd oddity of uh, computer animation culture and you know the the history of that entire medium, but it's not a thing that I particularly want to watch more of. Yeah, meta meta shows and meta art doesn't really age well. Mm, I don't know if that's necessarily true. I, I think maybe just for, uh, for for the visual medium, certainly. Just because the techniques are always updating. Like, it's not true for just writing. Like, Catch-22 will be a classic forever, you know? Yeah, I guess you're right. And, like, I mean, in a certain sense, uh, the great um, the great writings of yesteryear of, like, centuries ago are no longer viable like i don't know why they're still teaching shakespeare like oh ben it's really good i i I disagree like i think that there's enough there that other people could do better in a voice that i can understand and relate to i don't need somebody talking in words i don't understand in order to get those messages it just they won't hit well with me anymore there's an accessibility that needs to be met so these things need to be good on their own for you to appreciate them regardless of how significant they were uh no, not for me to appreciate them, for me to enjoy them. Okay. Or for me to learn from them. Like, I, I'm not going to learn anything from Reboot. <laughs> you refuse to. No, As a matter I... of principle. Yes. <laughs> Let's just say yes and continue, because I'm done with this conversation. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Bob. <laughs> Bob Arctor. Uh, anything else? I have nothing else. I, I, I'm happy I watched this show. I can't watch more of it. It's interesting. <laughs> if somebody goes up to you and wants to talk about it, you will summarily dismiss them. No, I'll, I'll talk about it. It's an interesting thing. And I think it's some of the most cohesive sci-fi world building I've seen in something, whether or not it was done in CGI or uh, com- computer animation or whatever the proprietary term they use is. Sure. It's just, uh, it's just I don't enjoy watching it. That's all. Cool. It's fascinating how much of a gulf I have between enjoying watching something and appreciating it on an artistic level. Yeah, because, like, Popeye hit both. The early ones, yeah. Uh, but Johnny Quest... Yeah, it only hit one. Yeah. 
This is kind of like Johnny Quest in a lot wait, of ways. Wait, what, what was a show that we liked but we recognized was like... Kind of nothing-ish? Kind of nothing-ish. Maybe Cowboys of Mumesa? <laughs> no, 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 Shaolin Showdown. Shaolin Showdown. That's perfect. <laughs> that is that is empty calories if ever there was one. Goes down smooth. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, what are we doing next time, Zane? Next time we're doing another what could be considered culturally significant uh, movie. Uh, Shit, Fern, yes. Fern Gully. Yes. I thought it was two words. It is one. Oh. That's all I have to say about it right now. We'll, we'll revisit this. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if my opinions uh, evolve <laughs> on that front, front at all. You know, I thought it was going to be two words and it was one. There was I'm, a weird moment. I was watching it halfway through. I was like, it, is this show, is this movie three words? <laughs> like... That guy paused after saying go. <laughs> I couldn't have been the only one that heard that, right? Oh, let me get on my blog. Like, By the way, I don't know if you're watching Fern Gully out there, but... but people need to know. <laughs> I wake up. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I've heard so much about it, but nothing concrete, um, which I appreciate because now I won't have it spoiled. Yes. Uh, and how about after that? After that, I want to take a break from stuff that is weird or super significant in some way. I want to just do something that I more know well. More than empty calories. More empty calories, yeah. Um, I want to just do something that I know well but would like to look at again. Uh, and we haven't dealt with Fred Raider in a bit, so we're going to be watching Danny Phantom. Oh, boy. We got to watch them all. Going to catch them all because he's Danny Phantom. <laughs> got to catch them all, Pokemon. Okay. Was it? I think those were the same eras, right? Um, maybe. There's probably some cross cross contamination over there. It's not the term. Hmm. No, I'm I'm looking I'm looking forward to this quite a bit. That's that's a great like uh, ghosts out of the box. Got to put them back in. <laughs> did it right. <laughs> yeah, I, I I really like the show from memory. Although I think I'm going to go back to it and recognize that most of it is extraneous. Well, uh, there's a lot of like teen drama that I think we have a lower tolerance for. So like. Lower part, tolerance and also probably has been done better in things like Daria. The parts that it borrowed from Kim Possible I don't think will age very well, but I think the yeah. parts that it borrowed from Static Shock will age very well. Man, Static Shock's on the bench, Zane. <laughs> oh, you know, I feel like we're coming up on, on the old hundo. I think we should do like... Ripping off a hundo. We should do some great, great stuff. We already know what 100's going to be, Zane. No, of course we do. <laughs> we haven't talked about it, but we know. We all, we both know. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, I'm looking forward to that. All right. Well, uh, for those who are also looking forward to it, please go ahead and contact us at cartoncast.com, our website. Go to Facebook. Go to our Facebook page and leave a comment either on either of the shows that are coming up or just in general, maybe something you'd like to see. Um, leave a rating or a review on iTunes. It really helps us out. And more than anything else, just tell your friends about the show. Or wait until a giant purple cube falls on you. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> What is this thing? Ah, <laughs> oh, so goopy. Oh, I'm I'm about to exit out of my uh, notes, my Word document. Uh huh. And it's it because uh, because the computer crashed before we started this. It says last saved by user. That's pretty funny. Every time I see user now, I'm gonna be like, oh, the guy in charge of that purple thing. Us user doesn't feel like a real word anymore, does it? None of these do. <laughs> All right, Zane. I don't Reboot. have a way to to exit this. Reboot yourself into a different podcast. Nope. That one, that one's not gonna work. Maybe, maybe we can just cut to Megabyte saying something. <laughs> I'll get you, Captain Planet. <laughs> well, he really did. I'll get you, Gadget. Way.
No, I, I don't know. I wanted something to go out on, but I don't think I have anything. Alphanumeric. <laughs> Wait, is that is that Finn? No, that's uh, Enzo's catchphrase. Oh, he's gross! A kid. That is awful. <laughs> that is just awful. He looks and like when he's an adult. He does something like I don't know. He so he does something badass. He's like you kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not that. No, no, it's totally that. <laughs>